Hello and welcome back to Bipositive. These are your hosts, Mari and MD. And today we'll be talking about a subject that is very often confused with bisexuality and is quite related to bisexuality in some ways, polyamory. So for those who don't know, polyamory is this philosophy or state of being in love or romantically involved with more than one person at the same time. So basically it's a non-monogamy, but it's more than open relationships. Even though I think every polyamorous person will have a different definition of polyamory, but mainly there's two, two things. It's the idea that generally polyamorous people are also in a way contesting the hegemony of monogamy, or more exactly of that um, weird combination of monogamy and cheating, uh, where in a system where you're expected to be exclusive, but it's also kind of okay to cheat. I mean, it's expected after a while that it's going to happen, especially for men, and it's a natural behavior. So it's a challenge of that kind of values, um, and it's... But it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's another way set of value where uh, it's not it's not just about sex; it's about love also. It's a discourse of on love also and how to uh, express what you feel for more than just one person. And not to be also not to confuse it with polygamy, for example, which is the practice of being married to more than one person. Polyamory, in most of its manifestations, um, is legally non-binding in the sense that you. In most, uh, at least European uh, countries, you cannot be married to more than one person at the same time, which creates some hurdles for people in polyamorous relationships. Because if you're married to someone, but you also have um, another lover, the relationship with the spouse would have more official um, leverage. And how do you navigate these kinds of um, issues when they come up? It's yeah. It's it's it's. Uh, there's no legal frame for polyamory. But it's not polygamy in the idea of that there's a pro- profound equality between partners in polyamory, which is not necessarily the case in polygamy. It's, um, I think, uh, what makes polyamory, um, so what characterized polyamory is maybe the, um, the notion of uh, compersion. It's a word that was actually invented by a polyamorous community. And compersion, which is, can be defined as the opposite of jealousy. It's the idea of the idea of feeling happy, of having positive feelings when your one your partner he's happy with someone else. Which is a, an interesting concept to tackle in this very kind of heteronormative, binary, monosexual world, uh, because we are taught from a very young age that jealousy is not not only natural but some. People also praise jealousy as a virtue in the sense that, you know, if this person is jealous of your relationship, then that must mean they really love you. And polyamory challenges that notion by saying, no, jealousy is actually something that can be very negative and can affect your relationship badly. Yeah, and that you don't need jealousy to have a powerful, strong relationship. And it's uh, it's uh, it's interesting because it's... Of course, people make the the connection with bisexuality, and and that the and it's and we can't really separate it from the whole stereotypes about being bi and cheating. Yeah. And the thing is, when it's about polyamory, it's not about cheating because there's equality and there's openness and communication, and nobody cheats on any. I mean, it's still possible if you don't talk to your partner, but it's 
it's not about cheating, it's about having several equal partner in a completely consensual relationship where everyone knows what's happening. And as, as interesting as it is that, you know, people always, most people would make the connection between polyamory and bisexuality. They sometimes are used inter- interchangeably, which is quite problematic. But the fact is that when we started looking up um, studies for this mm-hmm. podcast, we found very little um, scientific investigation of the connection between polyamory and bisexuality. Because, you know, academia is quite binary by itself, uh, heteronormative, or, you know, it would just focus on the LG parts of the LGBT experience. It's, it's, it's quite interesting. I found a study from the 80s, uh, which involved 3,574 couples, and 15 to 28% of them practiced some form of polyamory. And 33, then that sample was later used by um, another scholar to recalculate definitions. And so 33% of the lesbian couples in the study were um, polyamorous in one way or another. And another study showed that a whooping 65% of gay men were polyamorous, which is a lot, but it also um, brings into question the definition of polyamory because there is this stereotype of gay men being promiscuous, being more uh, prone to, you know, sleeping around for for the lack of a better term, but also being more open to, okay. to open relationships, which is kind of uh, the first thing I found for this podcast was the article about Ricky Martin, uh, who is currently, um, he's starring in a, in a um, movie about uh, Versace, mm-hmm. and he's playing Johnny Versace, who was in a uh, open relationship with, with his partner. And Ricky Martin was um, saying in an interview that he wanted to um, open the door on the on the discussion of polyamorous relationship and talking about how, you know, these uh, stereotypes affect the gay community as well, and um, how trust and sort of the security of, of the relationship plays into polyamory. Because a lot of people think that polyamory is a result of an insecure relationship, but rather it takes a lot more work and it takes a lot more um, stability than I believe any mono uh, relationship ever would. <laughs> the canvas relationship. Yeah, it's, it's more complex. And then there's a lot of different forms of polyamorous relationship because it can be one person with several partners who don't know each other and can also have other partners themselves, but it can also be a throuple, a constellation of people who have relationship with each other and as well as people who nest so they actually live together uh, and with different type of relationship within that constellation of people living together. They can raise children together. There's a, a concept of community around it. So it's uh, there's a different lot of different forms of polyamory. Some of them are really close to like open relationship or even swinging, but other are very different from that. So it, it's yeah, it's complex. But uh, again, that idea of conversion is really the the maybe the key concept of of polyamory and it's interesting so yeah you say yeah, there's no really any besides what you found Maria, mm-hmm. on the on the, on the uh, about the, the numbers there's just connections that have been made between bisexuality and polyamory but i couldn't find any number just that they think there's an affinity between the two of it and also that there's a more a lot more of qualitative research and that phenomenon that by women are seen as a unicorn of uh, polyamory 
especially for couples who like to become a throuple and yeah. add uh, another person and 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 uh, with men who most of the time are um, monosexual and uh, are looks are looking for a, and straight and looking for a female partner that will also be a partner for their wife. So. I don't know if it doesn't really play into also the, the tropes and stereotypes because that's another result of those uh, qualitative research is that there's homophobia, there's biphobia, and there's all the hurtful stereotypes about bi people also in polyamorous communities. It just goes to show how much bisexuals are fetishized in that sense that we are just going to bring you in like a replaceable sex toy, have fun with you, and then maybe potentially have a relationship with you uh, but only if it's not gay, you know. It's yeah. It's uh, it's uh, it's a little bit uh, discouraging to say that even in that context, you still have to deal with the stereotypes yeah. and uh, and the fetishization. Also, it's it's interesting to to make the connection because, as you said, polyamory requires a lot of work, mm-hmm. and actually to be pretty sure of who you are and how you how you identify, have a strong sense of self to be able to navigate this kind of situation because you have to deal with several people, several people's feelings, yeah. plus social stigma. So it's not easy. And I wanted to touch on the subject of social stigma, actually, because, you know, the the idea of monogamy is so ingrained in our society. Most, you know, um, human societies endorse the idea of monogamy as the only right way. And... We are raised with stories and, and texts about, you know, this monogamous happy ending, be it in movies, fairy tales, um, you know, everyday narratives even, uh, watching, you know, Kate Middleton get married, all of those things. You don't see polyamory very often um, as represented as something positive and represented as something that's healthy. A lot of the times it's fetishized, it's either in porn or it's, you know, even um, accidental encounters and things like that. But the idea, what I was getting to is that monogamy is a social construct. And I know I sound like a millennial when I say it that way, but uh, monogamy is a social construct. There is absolutely no scientific evidence towards the fact that humans are naturally monogamous. We're not swans. We're not going to pair off and then die on the same day. And we live a little bit longer, too. Than swans, yes. So the bottom line is we our brains are much larger than a bird's and can potentially accommodate affection for more than one person at the same time. And another important takeaway from here is that uh, polyamory should never exist as an excuse for cheating. Yeah. It is not the same thing because cheating it implies that there is lying involved, that there is a lack of um, understanding between the parties involved in the relationship. Polyamory means communication, it means um, establishing boundaries, it means being affectionate towards each other to a certain capacity from, from all sides. Yeah, and it's and it's as I said, it requires to be to be also strong because it's like researching also polyamory. I found research that suggested results close to what I had already found about LGBTQ identity in general. Is that people were like cheating, and even it was a study about bisexuality and cheating, and 
people who, it was men, I think, who were cheating the most, mm -hmm. uh, but those were also not identified, not self-identified as bisexual. They had sex with men, but they still saw themselves as straight. So you can really see the connection between a, um, a weak or not yet formed LGBTQ identity and, and owning who you are, what you are, um, and cheating, that in this situation becomes almost a symptom of of not being clear with yourself and, and, and being and suffering from that. Yeah. And since you mentioned the LGBTQ identity, I was wondering what is your take on whether polyamory is part of the LGBTQ plus umbrella? Because there's a lot of debate on that because, you know, heterosexual people can also be polygamous, so there is some resistance oh, there. And you can be polyamorous and straight if yeah. you have only uh, other gender partner. Yeah. I'm not sure if you can really um, put it in the umbrella mm -hmm. of LGBTQ. Also, it's because it's all about the nature of, of polyamory. Is that, is that a sexual orientation? Is that what it is? What is it exactly? Mm -hmm. Is that an ability? Yeah. Is that is that something that you need to have several partners? But in that case, is that a sexual orientation or is that a disorder that you have a sexual addiction or something? Yeah. It's uh, it's uh, that you have attachment issue and need several people to to deal with that. If so, if it's a need, if it's not a uh, like a, a choice or people that you meet and you yeah. and you fell for and it's uh, I mean it's a question. I don't think there's a definite answer on that. I'm really not really sure that polyamory is a sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. I think it's an ability that you to have that kind of relationship and that you don't have to have them. It's about circumstances. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm not sure the experience is the same in terms of identity, but there are similarities as it is also existing and being um, something that is not uh, socially conform and where you have to deal with social stigma. So there are really like there's a common experience, but I don't think it's the same thing. I think, you know, the first part of that argument is also that um, there is very little research on polyamory because polyamory was so taboo to talk about. And so outside of the scope of academia, you know, when I'm going to go back to Kenzie, when he invented a scale, there wasn't even a capacity for being attracted to more than one person. You know, there was homosexual, heterosexual, bisexual, and there was a scale of that. And there was no way to measure even the attraction to one person or the other, which which is, is quite interesting. But I also think that because the polyamorous community is, I'm not going to say it's small, I'm pretty sure it's larger than we think it is, but because it doesn't have as much social traction as the general LGBTQ movement, I think in a way, I wouldn't say it's our duty, but it would be nice if, if the LGBTQ um, community gave a platform for um, yeah. polyamorists to have, a, to have their say. But if you take it from a political mm -hmm. um, point of view, it's always, I mean, it's always a debate. About, okay, there's uh, stereotypes, especially uh, related to, um, associated with um, male gay men, that they are promiscuous and in a negative way, but they just can be like a more polyamorous lifestyle. That, I mean, it's easier to be, become, to, to challenge social norms when you already have to challenge them because of your sexual sense. orientation or gender identity. There's this stereotype that is sometimes very negative. Mm. And if you add, like, you talk more about polyamory in an LGBTQ context, maybe it's also being guy going a bit too far and, and, and frightening people who are just, like, starting to accept yeah. 
and that you might not be straight because it's a little less less threatening. Yeah. Um, when people are married and live a life that seems to be more heteronormative. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, that's that's a political agenda mm-hmm. of like going gradually. But maybe it's not the way to go. Maybe the way to go is okay to say, okay, that's how I am, and I actually don't conform to anything, any of your rules. Yeah. I'm attracted to who I'm attracted, and I actually have several partners. Yeah. I don't. I I don't know. I have no answer. <laughs> it's it's an interesting conversation to have. And I think one of the things that we kind of didn't really touch on and I really wanted to mention is that it is perfectly normal in when you're in a situation when you're attracted to people to be attracted to them to different degrees yeah. and in different ways. And there it has nothing to do with uh, crushes. <laughs> it has nothing to do with cheating. Um, it's just the fact that there might be more affection for one person or the other, but you still want to keep both because both of them bring something fulfilling to you. And if they have a mutual understanding of each other, then that is so much better. It's also about that myth that goes with monogamy that your spouse, mon- monogamy in, a recent, in the recent years, I mean mm-hmm. decades, where monogamy is about love. That with the idea now that um, uh, it's a separate who talks about it very well, mm-hmm. the idea that now you're supposed to marry for love, mm-hmm. that that partner is supposed to be your partner in everything yeah. and fulfill all your needs. And I don't think that anyone can do that. That's putting too much pressure on one person. <laughs> yeah. And that even if even uh, in a in a, in a situation of a, of, a, of a straight couple, so there's not like ideas of one of the partner would. As also attracted by another gender or mm-hmm. other genders, it's even in that context of a straight couple, it's too much. If you accept that idea, it becomes a lot more acceptable that you can have several partners who don't have the same function in your life. You know, and uh, uh, the the average person who doesn't know much about uh, polyamory would be like, well, you could just replace that with friendships. <laughs> It's, I don't know, I'm not attracted physically to my friends, so... That's, that's the issue, is that, you know, we, we've had this conversation that it would be a very interesting thing to study whether bisexuals are more prone to be polyamorous, just because there's more <clears throat> options out there. You know, there's 50 more percent of the population, more or less, uh, to, to be attracted to, potentially. So if anyone's doing a study on that, please hit us up. It would be interesting to see what, what you found. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll just do it. We're gay. <laughs> Yeah, not now, so, but yeah. Somewhere somewhere in the future. I feel we've just raised a lot of questions and brought absolutely no answer. But... I don't think there is an answer. I think that when it comes to identity, there is never a right answer. There is only, you know, like signposts along the road. Mm-hmm. And, and the way you choose to navigate that road is completely up to you. And I do think that as bisexual, there's one thing. You know, that you might be tempted to, to be polyamorous, to be attracted by the concept of polyamory, but not... You know, wanting to go there because it would be a stereotype, <laughs> like greedy or uh, the the cheating or. But it's I mean, it's not cheating. It's not being greedy, uh, and and it's perfectly okay. And if it becomes a stereotype that bisexual are polyamorous, and I'm saying polyamorous, not not cheating, mm-hmm. polyamorous, capable of, of having that type of relationship, I'm okay with that stereotype because it's a good one. Yeah, I think it just. In, in a way, and this is coming from us, you know, highly liberal people who are way into psychology, but I think it, polyamory in a way is a complement to the human capacity for, for love and for empathy towards other human beings. Because we give ourselves far too little credit when it comes to affection. 
by sticking to monogamous and heteronormative rules. Yeah. I think there's much more potential to be unlocked there, and it's a it's a shame that societal norms uh, seek to constrain that. Yeah, and you, you can still commit, you can still do, you can still have those ideas of romantic love. Yeah. But actually just with several people. Exactly. The more the merrier. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you know, that is not to say that if you believe in monogamy and if it works for you, of course, that's completely fine. But what we're, the, the takeaway message here is, is that polyamory is a completely viable option. And it's an option that should be considered if you do feel like there is some sort of, you know, attraction going on with someone other than your partner. And that's something to think about. And as you said, I wish we had ever more representation of polyamory out there. Because I <laughs> have one in mind, which is the TV show uh, You, Me, Her. Okay. Um, I think it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But I don't... Seen it. I, it's interesting, but mm-hmm. also because it's a drama, I mean, they just can't make it work. Yeah. So it's actually pretty painful to watch. I mean, that was my, my mm-hmm. take on it. I liked it in the beginning, and then it was a lot of stereotypes and yeah. a lot of... They need to create drama, so yeah. it doesn't feel right. And I still haven't seen like poly representation, mainstream representation that that would be really satisfying. I think a lot of polyamory in media boils down to threesomes, uh, which would be like a one-off thing. Like the the recent example that comes to my mind is um, I was watching the the magicians, and there was a, a scene where the the three people, so two guys and, and one girl. Um, they are all under influence of whatever spell or potion. They wake up together naked. Um, it's quite obvious what happened the night before. And but it's a one-off thing. They never talk about it uh, except for like to make jibes at each other. And then one of the guys' girlfriend, who is not involved in the threesome, keeps emphasizing on the fact that the guy slept with another man. She never mentions the girl. So it's like, oh, so you're gay now, yeah. kind of way. Um, which, I mean, the scene was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it in an aesthetic way. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But when you... Kind naked of, people. <laughs> it's naked people. You know what? I like naked people. People should be naked all the time. Uh, no. Um, but, you know, it's it's just the fact that I don't think society is fully prepared um, to accept the idea that three people, be fictional or real can be involved in a relationship that is completely functional and can last a long time because polyamory in a lot of ways is seen as a one-off one-night stand threesome yeah and it's not polyamory yeah it's not and that's that's the misconception that a lot of people have which is a shame so anyway uh one request we would have for you guys is that if we have a polyamorist among our listeners we would be very glad to have you on the show and talk to you and ask for your perspective. You know, if, if you've made a polyamorous relationship work, we would love to know your recipe for success and how you've managed to navigate the hurdles that have inevitably come up. Otherwise, please subscribe to us on Twitter and uh, iTunes and SoundCloud, and we will see you guys next week.